All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, What the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by The Nation Network. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Thank you very much, Lisa. Welcome to Oilers Nation Radio, episode 129. I am Bag Milk here with Tyler Uremchuk, Nation Dan, and Rick. We are going to discuss all things Edmonton Oilers and all things sports. Well, probably not. Tyler is watching a Florida game right now. March Madness. There might be a little bit of March Madness talk that bleeds in here as well. We shall see. First, I want to start off by thanking our friends at Sherwood Ford the Giant. Out in Sherwood Park, Alberta, they are wonderful people with wonderful services and products. Follow them on Twitter at Sherwood Ford and on Instagram at Sherwood Ford underscore the giant. It is spring now. Maybe it's time to spring into a new vehicle from our friends at Sherwood Ford. Still waiting on those Broncos. Still waiting on those Broncos. Go. By the way, if you listen to this, do us a favor. Hit Sherwood Ford up on, on social media. Again, Sherwood Ford on Twitter, Sherwood Ford underscore the giant on Instagram and be like, the boys from ON Radio want those Broncos. What's the holdup? I'm sure they would love the feedback. Tyler, yes. you got a fresh Sherwood Ford giant question for us this week? Always, always. The hot topic right now around Oilers Nation, it is one Tyson Berry. He's a hot guy, but there's mm. a lot of talk about his future. So the Sherwood Ford giant question of the week, not do you want to see Tyson back, Tyson Berry back as an Oiler, but simply will Tyson Berry be an Oiler next season that is your sherwood Ford giant question of the week who wants us who wants to kick us off boys who's the most bullish on tyson berry or who's the most anti-tyson berry dan i'm looking at you you're first up on my screen 
I think I'm probably the most anti Tyson Berry on the podcast. It's not to say that I don't like what he's bringing to the team and I'm happy to have him for the 2020 version of, or 2021 uh, version of the Edmonton Oilers. But I think that he's going to get some smoke somewhere else and good for him. And that's, you know, that's why he came to Edmonton to do what he did. If he does that, I think it's a silly decision because he's seen that the grass isn't always greener on the other side when he went to Toronto. That should have been a perfect scenario for him, and it wasn't. Um, but but Edmonton should be the perfect scenario for a guy like Tyson Berry. I just don't think we need to pay him like he's Oscar Clefbaum. Uh, just what do you th- – What if you were to guess, Dan, obviously we have no idea. This yeah. is purely speculation. What's your walkaway point from Tyson Berry? Tyler will give me some good numbers to go off of, I'm sure. But um, I think like anything over four and a half million is probably where I'm going to walk away from him. Like, yeah, yeah. I think four, four and a half million would be the number where I'd be comfortable with him coming back again. You have to figure out the numbers and Tyler will give me all the cap details as he does all the time. And he can never be questioned on his numbers. No, Tyler's math guy. Tyler, you, Tyler, you, uh, you were surprised by Dan's answer. What are you thinking? Yeah, I think four and a half is a little low for me. I set the cutoff at five and a half. I, I think if he's willing on a three, maybe a four-year deal to come in around five mil, I would do it. Five and a half, I think about it. Anything more than that, and I'm probably just letting him walk. And again, that's not a knock on anything Tyson Berry has done in his time so far here in Edmonton. I don't think anyone thought this fit could have been as perfect and gone as well as it has. He's been incredible. He's the highest scoring D-man in the league. No one, Dan, you can raise your hand, no one thought he was going to be leading D-man in scoring. I thought he was going to get 18 goals. Thank you very much. Well, he's not. Okay, but you're wrong. There. He's not even getting goals. <laughs> but like, he's having an incredible year. It's been great to finally have that that top top pairing right shot offensive defenseman he's brought a lot but with that being said just because a guy has one good year here doesn't mean you suddenly overpay for him and he came here on a one-year deal to boost his value and sign a big ticket and if there's a team out there that's going to offer him six by six i just don't think that's smart business for the oilers so if the contract makes sense Absolutely. You bring this guy back. And although Bouchard is waiting, you can have two skilled offensive defensemen on your roster at the same time. But where I draw the line is going six years or six mil with the guy. Like you need to be mindful of that. You do have other offensive options on your blue line. None of them are nearly as good as Tyson Berry, but it's not like you're going to be completely depleting this decor by letting him walk. So my answer to the question, will Tyson Berry be an oiler next season? Yes. Because I think at this stage, I think Tyson Berry, like you said, Dan, might go, the grass isn't always greener. And yes, I'll make a couple million less staying in Edmonton. But I'm still going to be paid very, very well. And I'll get to have a ton of fun playing with the best players in the world. Uh, Dan, I didn't get your answer. Tyson Berry here next year? You said no? I don't think so. I, I like What Tyler said is, is, is all true. He's, he's a good guy to have on your team. But some team is going to pay him. We have dumb GMs. This is a this is a low level UFA class coming up. Tyson Berry is if he's if he continues to be in the top three of scoring and defense, somebody's going to pay a stupid amount of money for that. It's just the way it is. We can't sit there and assume that because he was just he was just offered more and came here. Mm-hmm. Like he turned down bigger. Uh, he already yeah. turned down bigger money to come here. So to sit here yeah. and assume that he just he's going to sit there and try and uh, take us for a billion dollars or whatever. I think that's that's just like overly worried oiler fans like that's you know everything's gone wrong in the last 10 20 years doesn't matter we finally got chris pronger it was a fantastic year 
and wham, what happened in the summer? You know, we, we can't have nice things anymore. It's kind of what, that's kind of what I think some people think still. We have two of the greatest players in the world right now. Things are much different than they have been. Yeah. We need to kind of wash our hands of that old, overly worried uh, feeling we've had from, you know, the last 10, 20 years, whatever it is. We need to walk around like we have a really good hockey team. Having said that, I agree I think, with Tyler. It's going to be up or down. It depends on his contract. I don't think I'm saying anything to the contrary. I think I'm saying that if Tyson no, Berry you, is you dumb, if, he's going to walk away. And I think he might be. He might just be one of those guys that wants to make some money. But he just I think it's that. a good he just, situation. He, but, he just, but he just did the exact opposite. No, so I, be, I think him coming here is him making a good decision for him yeah, to be I, able to make that's money. What I mean, that's what I mean, though, is to, to sit here and say you think he's going to take the more money and, you know, probably not the smarter move in the long run. He just chose not to do that once. There's no real reason to think he's going to go back and go against his way. Who's to say he's not, not going to take, you know, three times five and let's roll and see what happens and take one more big contract at the end of it. Right. He wants to win a cup. If he wants to win a cup, his best move, because like no other contender is going to be able or willing to pay him north of five mil, at least not that I've seen. So I think three by five here gives him his best chance to win. Here's the thing. And I wouldn't sign him any longer than three years either. Tyson Berry, Nuge is the same boat. They could get more money somewhere else. But how badly do you want to tailor haul yourself on another, on a fucking Buffalo (laughs) Sabre? Yeah. Good example. Good example. That's not a, that's not a shot at Halsey. He chased that bag and he got it. Things aren't so fun right now. That's all. So, Rick, what's your answer to the question? Tyson Berry here next year or no? Uh, you know what? Uh, Ken Holland has proven anything in his time here. That's not He's not going to overpay. I know there's two contracts people stand up and shout about right away. But he really hasn't chased anybody in terms of paying him. So, I think if he stays, it's going to be in uh, a system where we think it, it fits well. So, I would give him six. But that's on a one-year contract, uh, five five and a half over two, or five times three. That's about the only three options I'm going. And I don't think Holland's going to be much different. Uh, I've got a question that th- this has nothing to do with anything. Where the fuck did you get that hat? Rick is wearing an Oilers Nation Internet Company hat. <laughs> I, mean, I, I have know. never, I've this never seen that last before. Week, I think. <laughs> How do I not have this hat? I have Dave. nine thousand Nation Gear hats, and I do. <laughs> Dave's not been rocking that for a while. Yeah, this is I really upsetting. <laughs> I'm going to go burn little brick to the ground unless I get stocked up on hats. We're not in the office for a year. Unbelievable. I don't think they ever made it to the office anymore, but those are the good old days when everything was down there. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the bad old days if you had to, maybe the bad old days if you had to deal with it. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to the accountants that had to deal with us uh, treating ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> back to, uh, back to Tyson Berry though. Uh, puckpedia.com career earnings as of right now, 33 million bucks. So he is by no means destitute regardless of what happens. Here's the thing. If I had my ideal scenario, my ideal, ideal, Tyson Berry would sign an extension, but it would be two years. The guy's turning, turning 30. We've got Bouchard coming up in the wings. We've got Bear coming up. I think having two years of Tyson Berry mentoring slash a guy like Bouchard, especially who's an offensive defenseman in his own right, watching how he, how he moves the puck and how he makes choices with it, that would be super beneficial. I think down the road, having Evan Bouchard learn from Tyson Berry is a great idea. Now, the problem is, of course, money. The problem is that Tyson Berry right now is a fucking apple tree, and he's collecting assists all over the place. He had two more last night. 
They were secondary assists. I don't know if we're allowed to cheer for those or not. <laughs> no, <Nope>. they still <laughs> count on the points total. And the guy is absolutely rolling right now. The thing that's interesting to me before I give my answer, I'm just, I like, I like ranting. The thing that's interesting to me about Tyson Berry is the Oilers signed him to do exactly what he's doing right now. And some people, Strad said it yesterday on Real Life, some people are upset that he's putting up points en masse just because they come on the power play. It's very, very odd. Very odd. We've always wanted a power play quarterback, and Clefbaum did a great job. Darnell did a fine job in his time as well. But they're not Tyson Berry in terms of getting points up on the board on the power play. So I just I don't I don't know how you win with this fan base sometimes. We just we just went over like the last two years of of complaining that those points, those power play points should still mean something because they're still going to the net, because that's what everyone is saying about Connor and Leon. They're like, oh, all they get is power play points. Well, no, those still those, that's still goals and stuff. So at one point we're using that argument, and then all of a sudden those same people are gonna use the exact reverse of that argument and tell you that that's why fucking Barry's getting it makes no sense at all what we need to do is we need to remove power play points from everyone's totals and if you got power play points and goals that resulted in a win those are now voided they do not count it's only five on five anything else is just for pure entertainment and they don't count that's the new rule I'm putting in because that's apparently what some people want I don't know to answer the question, I think he is here next year. I do. I think Ken Holland is the kind of GM that really likes veterans. And the contract's going to be scary. It's no doubt going to be scary. I'm nervous about what it's going to look like. Same with Nuge, though. You know, If Nuge is, gets done here right away, I'm going to be really interested to see what that looks like. And the thing is, I think Barry will be here. Answer the question, yes. So we got three yeses and a Dan no, I believe. Is that correct, Tyler? You keeping score? Yes. Thank no. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, with the flat cap, I think it's gonna you're gonna see a lot more guys like we maybe see moving on, sticking around for two or three years to get out of this flat cap and getting one more kick at a, at a big contract. And that's what's gonna happen that, with Nuge. That's what's gonna happen with Barry. I think the shallow UFA pool is what's gonna affect it the most for this offseason. I, I don't, don't think you don't you're have money, wrong, If you don't have money to spend, you don't have money to spend. I know, but there's there's teams that have money to spend. Like like Taylor Hall comes well, off Buffalo's does. books next year, so Tyler Tyson Berry goes and fits in Buffalo. I don't know. Like it's just well, that's exactly Buffalo. seen Buffalo. <laughs> well, here's the thing though. It depends. It's it's. I'm going to follow Dan down this rabbit hole for a second because it depends. Is I'm not saying he is because I have no idea. I've never met Tyson Berry. I've only looked at him on a TV screen. Is he a guy who chases a bag? No. As I don't know. This year he did not. Frank Saravalli, he's coming up on the podcast right away. We'll ask him about it. Tyson Berry took a pay cut or a lesser offer to come to Edmonton. Now, did he do it in anticipation of chasing a bag if Connor and Leon pumped his point totals up? I don't know. I guess we're going to see. That's the question that we I have think, to figure I think at first Tyson Berry's intentions were, I'm coming here to secure the bag, let these guys help me pump up my point totals, get my confidence back, then I'm signing for a ton of money, getting that career deal. I wonder if at, again, he's almost 30 years old. If he's sitting there going, I made a lot of money. I don't want to sign long-term and have it go sour in a situation like it did in Toronto where, you know, six months into it, they're looking to trade me. He might just sit there and go, if Edmonton keeps the offer close for three years, when I'm 32, I can still go sign another contract or 33. I still go sign another contract like Kevin Shattenkirk did. Right. 
So I I I think there might be, there might've been a change of heart. He might be realizing how much fun he's having here and and he might be more willing to take a discount. It's romantic. I I just, I'm, I'm a business guy and I, I wonder if that stuff kind of plays out, especially in these, you mean, and maybe you're right. Maybe by the end of a playoff run, you know, there's a different feeling there, but I just don't think that 33 games in the season, that that one year deal that he signed to be able to make that money, you assume because it was a one year deal. That's you're playing with two of the best players in the world. As much as dollars come into it, that's going to play part of it too. And the chance to win. So yeah, you're, you've seen guys chase contracts and look at all, almost all the UFAs from last year. Nothing's really worked out. Well, in just changing gears away from Tyson Berry, if Ryan Nugent Hopkins re-signs here, which when look, he when he re-signs, I agree. Here. I agree with you. When like Ryan Rashog tweeted out yesterday, TSN Ryan Rashog tweeted out that Nugent's agent and Holland had a very long discussion already. So, just my point here was if New- when Nugent re-signs here, that's going to be a haircut. That's going to be him signing because he wants to be here, not because he's going to yep. chase that back. So, but he's going to get that haircut anyways. It's just that's just the the situ- the matter of way things are right I now. Go- I agree he would get a haircut, but, like, listen, the reality is Ryan Nugent Hopkins is arguably one of the top three forwards that are available in free agency this year. Someone would overpay him more than he's making right now. The Seattle Kraken would love to have him in their number one sentiment, number two sentiment, whatever it is. For Nuge, though, I think he values the spot he's at because how could you not? Yep. The guy played with absolute dog shit on this roster for 10 years now. You think he doesn't look at those two dudes he gets to play on the power play with? and or at even strength and go, huh, you know what? I'm in a pretty good spot here. And versus the options he would have in Seattle with the expansion rosters. Yeah. Or anywhere so. else. Say, say Nuge goes yeah. to Buffalo to get the bag that Taylor Hall behind. <laughs> like, I don't know, man. Hey, and Nick, someone, someone put it on Twitter this, uh, this week too. Um, that Hall may have been like a genius, right? So you're at a point where yeah. you're signing a one-year contract. You're looking at who, who's going to be the best team in the league this year. Because that's where you want to go, sort of, kind of. Um, you don't know. So, well, let's just sign with a team that's not going to make the playoffs. And then they're going to end up flipping you to a contender. And all of a sudden, now you're in a better situation. I, that's actually I pretty smart. Signed, I don't think he signed planning to get traded at the deadline, but it's not a bad plan B. I, uh, yeah, it's a pretty uh, good why else would he give himself a no-movement clause on a one-year deal? Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I, I said the same thing right after he signed. I was like, no matter what happens, Halsey's in a good spot because Buffalo shits the bed. He's getting traded to a contender. The funny thing now is that Buffalo's got hopes and dreams of signing him to an extension. Get the fuck out of here. You they think Taylor Hall's going to stay here after that They shit have show? to know. Then well, everyone's going to leave, man. Who's, who's going to stay there? There's been a little bit of talk that Hall likes it there and he's kind of tired of jumping around. That's what I've heard too. Is sure, he's t- I, I he could, wants somewhere to play for eight years and it's kind of close to home for him in Ontario. But I think, I think it's the other way around. I think the Sabres would be idiots if they listened to him. Like, okay, if you want to come back here, we'll talk, we'll talk in July. But for now, we're taking our second round pick in a prospect, Halsey. Get out of here. Oh, for well, sure. That's, no, that's I agree with you. That's, that's just good asset management. But what I'm saying is... If Taylor Hall chases the bag in Buffalo again, he has no interest in winning. That's my point. Yeah. So I actually like the movie made because you know what? Say he gets traded to a, I don't know. I'm just throwing shit out there. Colorado. As if that's not a good landing spot at the deadline for Taylor Hall. I think he goes uh, to Boston. Really? I think he's going to Long Island. They, they just lost Anders Lee. Yeah. They have the cap space to bring him in now without forcing Buffalo to retain a lot. Um, I think he's going to end up in Long Island. Could be besties again. 
Are they going to live in the same apartment again? That'd be nice. Can you imagine Taylor Hall and Jordan Eberle on the Islanders going on a run to like the conference finals? Yeah. Oh. They, could, uh, they, could, yeah. they could take care of Jordan Eberle's baby together. It would be like two men and a baby. Well, I know the missus is there somewhere as well, but like two men and a baby, it would be really nice. I like that. Yeah. Then they, then they can lose, then they can lose in the finals to the team that traded them both. Yeah. I like that. Ooh, we're, we're making good plans here. Uh, Tyler, what time's Frank coming up right away? Yeah, Frank is coming up in uh, just a minute here. And Frank's appearance on the show will be brought to you by Cornerstone Insurance, the official insurance broker of Oilers Nation. You can find them online, cornerstoneins.com. Solid protection, sound advice, Cornerstone Insurance. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. TSN's Frank Saravalli, and of course, he is one half of the DFO Rundown podcast. New episode out today, 48 minutes, nothing but trade talk and rumors. Frank, thanks for giving us some time today, man. Yeah, good to be with you guys, except was that Tom Gazzola doing the voiceover? <laughs> it was, it was Tom Gazzola doing the voiceover. Good year. Uh, we're going to start you with our Sherwood Ford giant question of the day. Will Tyson Berry be an oiler next season? It's all the debate here in Edmonton. I think he will be. Um, look, he's fit like a glove on that power play. He's been really productive. He's been producing at his average or just above his average of his career. And I think the big question mark for me this year was, would he be able to get the confidence back that he lost in Toronto? And I think it took a little while at the start. You know, that start was just a little bit slow. And since then, he's been so good. And he's been a big part of the Oilers' offense. And with that shot and with his creativity and the power play. Like, I don't know that you're going to find that on the open market. And so if you say goodbye to him, even though he's playing at a reduced number this year, I think the whole market's going to be down. So the Oilers have an opportunity to reinvent the expectations in terms of salary and maybe give him a three-year deal or four-year deal at the very most that makes sense moving forward. Uh, Frank, the Oilers have some interesting decisions to make in terms of their free agents this year. I know I asked you about Ryan Nugent Hopkins on real life already. There's Tyson Berry, there's Adam Larson. If you were to guess, or maybe on something you've heard, how does Ken Holland kind of navigate this? Cause those are three key pieces to the roster and all three of them need new contracts. Yeah, they are. And you know, it's interesting. I, I was listening to Connor McDavid's comments after the game if it wasn't last night, it was earlier in the week, just speaking to Nuge's importance to the team. And I couldn't help but feel like that was a little bit of an advertisement, uh, if not a subliminal or, or subtle message to send to your manager, who's also obviously listening. Um, I just don't know what makes sense number-wise and term-wise. Like That's what I'm wrestling with in my own head. And also with watching RNH's production this season, it's been fine, but it could have been so much better. Like he's been given so many opportunities playing with McDavid. You know, if he converts on 50% more, we're talking about way beyond a point per game player. And, and given that opportunity and given that, you know, there's going to be a significant term and dollar commitment, I'd be thinking really long and hard about whether that's the best way to spend your dollars. There's We're going to ask you the same question as uh, Tyson Berry. What's your, what's your best guess on Nugent Hopkins? He's an Oiler next year? E yes. I'm going to say he is just because I think there's so many people pulling for him behind the scenes. You, know, you, you mentioned McDavid. Um, I just think that he's such a fabric of the team, part of that fabric, that 
I have a hard time envisioning him elsewhere, but I think, you know, maybe in his own head or maybe in the head of his agent, they're going to just have to readjust and reimagine their own expectations in terms of this was supposed to be that sort of next, you know, final big deal of his career. And it was supposed to be a home run. And the pandemic has come in and changed that expectation for not just Nuge, but so many other guys that were, you know, planning to hit free agency in 2021. That's sort of the internal housekeeping that Ken Holland has to do as we move towards the deadline externally. What are, you, what are we expecting from the Oilers? Is there a chance we see a big splash? Will it be depth moves or will it just be, you know, keeping the old powder dry? I'd be surprised if it's a big splash. Um, and I don't – how much does this team really need – depth moves like they they need a, a second line left winger and a second pair left shot defenseman I, I i don't consider those depth moves and and to me with where this team is at with the teams that are in their division with the top flight talent they have i'd much rather see them if they're not going to fill one of those holes in a real meaningful and significant way to just keep keep your assets keep keep your prospects keep your picks See how you do in the playoffs. And then this summer and next season, I think, is the time that you do a little bit of surgery on this roster. Looking around the NHL in general, I think this is going to be an interesting trade line as we trade deadline, I should say. What are you predicting in terms of people shopping their draft picks? Because obviously prospects aren't playing like they normally would. Scouts aren't being able to see guys as they normally would. What would your sense be on teams being willing, maybe more willing to trade draft picks or less? I don't know that it's changed all that much. Um, teams are placing more of an importance on draft picks, I think, than ever before. And I think if you talk to the scouts, they're comfortable and confident in terms of what they've seen to this point. And yes, the viewings have been limited, but you got to remember that the scouting process is like three, four or five years long for this draft class. They've been seeing these guys for a number of years, probably well before junior hockey for the most part. So they have a real good idea of where these players fit and land. And not to say, you know, not for nothing, there's still been play in European leagues. We still had a world juniors. Uh, there's still been college hockey and play in the USHL. The WHL is back. The Quebec league has been playing, you know, in fits and starts for, you know, the bulk of the season. So it's really just the OHL that's been affected. And is it a perfect science? No, but scouting in general isn't either. So I think the scouts are pretty comfortable and I I don't know that we'll see a big change. Like there's not going to be teams just, Hey, you know, come, come take my first round pick. I don't need it anymore. I don't think it's going to work like that um, in the sense of teams willingness to trade picks. Uh, Frank, do you think that this trade deadline day, like the, the the actual date, is going to be the day to watch, or is it going to be this, you know, the weeks leading up to it with the the travel restrictions that are being placed on some of these players? Is that is that something that you think is going to affect trade deadline day itself? Yeah, Dan, I'm really curious to see is it is it going to be trade deadline or trade deadline because. <laughs> you wonder about that with the quarantine restrictions in place. And and that's, that also includes some U S teams because it's, you know, depending on who and where you're trading with, you're talking about guys potentially driving from city to city. Uh, you know, you're talking about all sorts of differences this year and, and not to mention, it's also a shortened season. So 
what you're really dealing with, if the 14 day quarantine remains intact uh, and the Canadian federal government and the NHL are working together to reduce that from 14 days down to seven, no one's really sure if it's going to happen. The league is still optimistic. The GMs aren't holding their breath, but if you can reduce it, then that makes life a lot easier. But if not, you're talking, make a, make a trade on April 12th. They probably don't leave until the 13th, get to the next city and then you start the 14-day counter. That's the 27th. And it's still probably going to take a couple days for that player to get up to speed after the two weeks, you know, ha- having not skated in two weeks. So then you're dealing with, what, 10 days that you get a guy in your lineup in the regular season. So I, I do think that it's going to speed things up. I, I really wouldn't be surprised at all to see. This was actually a question from Tyler in our buy or sell with the DFO rundown, will there be a trade in the next week? I would think that yes, at least one of these teams is going to pull the trigger in the next week, not wanting to wait until April 12th. The problem is you hear all these GMs say, Hey, it's a priority for us to, to get this done, move as quickly as possible. But that also means that teams are hearing that and trying to charge more, which is delaying the whole process. So everyone understands what's at stake. And that's why the gears have sort of slowly ground this to a halt. Sticking up in the uh, North Division here, Frank, we touched on the Oilers. I think everyone kind of assumes it's going to be the Leafs and Jets as the two big buyers in this North Division. If you had to pick between one of them, which one is maybe in the best position to really load up at this year's deadline? Or is it both? I think it's both. I don't see one um, being more willing or more uh, interested than the other. I I just think, um, you know, maybe it comes down to just the personality of the manager itself. I think Kevin Shevel Dayoff is a little bit more cautious and that's not to say that, you know, Kyle Dubas is, you know, willy nilly throw everything to the wind. Clearly that's not the case, but the, I think the Leafs with what they're facing with their contract scenarios where it's Zach Hyman and Freddie Anderson pending UFAs, some changes coming, you know, you're probably not going to be able to keep or afford Hyman, Uh, The flat cap makes it interesting for Freddie Anderson. Um, You know, I think they're in a position where they, and they're in first place. They've been in first place, almost, you know, wire to wire. Um, You know, I'd be totally floored if they don't make a really significant move. Now the jets are going to try to, but if it doesn't materialize or it's not at the right price, they're not going to do it just to do it. So, um, you know, I think that's the real big difference between the two. For, for me, Frank, as a guy that's watched trade deadlines faithfully, uh, for you personally, is it a case of you working the phone all day or is your phone just lighting up all the time with little tips and insider info? Um, a lot of it is me carpet bombing contacts. Like, <laughs> I go through <laughs> really my entire phone book throughout the course of a day, which is like it's saying something. Um and I'm constantly bombarding people, asking questions, following up here. You know, it, it, there's a lot of moving targets to it. That's what's actually the toughest part is like you take your eye off the ball on something going on over here. And then there's a move here and then you forget about this one. And then all of a sudden someone else breaks it or has something on it. So there's always a lot going on. Uh, you're hoping for as many tips and tidbits as you can get from your friends and sources. And, and then the rest of the time, yeah, I mostly spend the day after the deadline or the day after free agent frenzy 
you know, basically texting and calling all these people. And some of them that I hadn't talked to in weeks or months saying, like, Hey, I'm really sorry that I was, you know, bugging you. Thanks a lot for everything. And, uh, there's a lot of apologizing and, and uh, <laughs> some gift baskets out. Yeah, some flowers you know, out there. Like, yeah. Can I, can I ship you a case of wine? <laughs> how, how competitive is the sort of insider industry there? Like when you see someone else, maybe not one of the TSN guys, cause you work for them, but like when you see someone break a piece of news that maybe like you were even close on, do you sit there and you're like, God damn it. Like, ah, oh, I was so close. How did that guy scoop me? Yeah. And a lot of times I'll actually like, I'll text one of them and be like, <laughs> great job, fucker. Like way to go. Like, you know, you know I, I, I can't believe you had that. I was this close and vice versa. Like there's a nice little uh, banter that goes on back and forth <laughs> behind the scenes. We all know each other. We've worked with each other around each other for a long time in the same circles, the hockey world's so small. When we go away, uh, you know, a trip Stanley cup final, if we don't meet up for a drink, we'll meet up for dinner uh, but it's really competitive saying all that. So it's friendly, but also competitive. So we're, you know, in our group chat, we've got an insider group chat. It's myself, Darren Dreger, uh, Bob McKenzie, Pierre Lebron, and <laughs> our managing editor, Steve Dryden. And so we're constantly, that chat's going on all hours of the day, 11, 12, midnight. Um, and that's like in, you know, now regular season, you know, clips, hits, uh, suspensions, you know, anything going on, any tidbit we're kind of sharing, trying to, you know, Hey, maybe you heard something about this that I didn't, or can, you know, I'm going to do this and check on that. Can you call this guy? And so there's all, all sorts of that stuff going on, um, at all times. And then we're all kind of in the loop at the same time of what's happening elsewhere out there from the other, uh, competitors and newsbreakers. And so like, we'll, you know, we'll chirp each other in our own chat and there's a lot of fun, you know, fun stuff that goes on. So, um, that's what makes it interesting and fun. And, you know, I just love working with the guys that I work with. What, what is semi-retired Bobby Mack like in that group chat? Is he just a shit disturber now? He like he is. Um, and that's not really all that different. Like he's so helpful and like, he's seriously just the best guy in terms of, uh, having someone on your team, uh, that's always looking out for you has your back, but like, you know, we'll be in the throes of trying to get a trade or, uh, you know, we're working on a big news story and we're tr you're sending stuff back and forth. And then all of a sudden it'll be like, Bob, you know, Bob's in Florida and we'll get a pick from Bob at the pool. And we're like, <laughs> like, and it, like I, I look out my window, I've got a giant snow mound. Like I'm not doing anything. It's the dead of winter. And Bob's like, I'm at the pool. I'm like, <laughs> so we got a glimpse i gotta ask frank we're a few weeks into the dfo rundown now we got a glimpse behind the scenes on the insider front how are you dealing with these aggressive outfits that jason gregor is wearing on camera when he is sitting beside you i think he's reined it in a little bit because he knows that i'm gonna chirp him uh but for the most part it hasn't been like really offensive he had one shirt on that like it was really bad like it the was checkered rainbow yeah, that had a lot of different things going on, and none of them were good. So the other day, I was looking at him, and he looked like he was uh, going to be seating us at a table or something. You know, <laughs> Mater D. Yeah, was it the hat? I, he, you know, that's the other thing. I'm always checking to see, like, has he recently shaved his head? Is the is the chrome dome like? Is it nice and shiny, or is it stubbly? And like, you know, it's a good check on hygiene. Frank, I'm going to, I'm going to end this with one more uh, serious hockey question. Uh, one team, maybe outside of the Canadian division, who you think will be the biggest buyer at the deadline? Who's in the best position to make a big splash? Ooh. So I'm going through those teams that I think are in the mix, Vegas, Colorado, 
Washington, Boston, Philly. Central okay. Carolina is a good one because I think they're willing to do anything. Uh, I don't think Tampa is going to do anything. Same what about thing. the Islanders? Florida. Yeah. You know, I would say given the Anders Lee injury, given the cap space that Lou Lamorello now has that he didn't have, I think he was looking before already. They really want a scoring winger. And I think Taylor Hall makes so much sense there for so many reasons. Um, you know, the Hall at Eberly, you know, getting reunited on Long Island, I think that makes a lot of sense. So I think um, if I had to bet one team – outside of the North does something really significant between now and the deadline. It would be the New York Islanders. Frank, man, really appreciate your time and uh, look forward to some more DFO rundowns coming out in the future. Yeah. Thanks guys. Good to be here and looking forward to coming back. There you go. That is TSN's Frank Cervalli <laughs> from the DFO rundown as well. New episodes every Monday and Friday. All the interviews on ONR are brought to you by Cornerstone Insurance. Check them out online. Cornerstone INS. Dot com, the official insurance broker of Oilers Nation. Frank Sarvalli's just a beauty, man. Like, that's a guy, we went 20-some-odd minutes with him, but you can fill up two hours just shooting the shit with Frank. Well, I was excited to... Is, Frank Sarvalli's a guy that, you know, I've written about, on like, based on stuff that he's put out on TSN. I've written about him countless times on The Nation over the last few years. Uh, I really, really enjoy the way he puts stuff out. And now the fact that he knows who bagged milk is, is endlessly entertaining to me because now we are under the same umbrella in some small way. And that is just endlessly fun. I love it. Colleagues. We, uh, we were chatting with him before we started recording and cause he was on real life. If you want to know more about like Frank Saravalli and how he got to this stage in his career, cause he's still so young to be like a legitimate insider like that. He's only 32 yep. years old. Um, if you want to learn more about that, Go to the real life episode. It's really good. But when he hopped on our Zoom call, the first thing he said, he goes, where's the guy in the truck? Need to break the news that Chalmers doesn't do this podcast. Uh, Are we going to fly him in for the Christmas party this year? Oh, absolutely. You play with Shinny with Frank? It was cool to hear. Like, I like to hear from those insiders because they don't talk. They don't talk about it very often, obviously on TV or whatever. But hearing the stuff about them bantering back and forth, and then Bobby McKenzie just comes in with a photo from Florida. How do we hack into that chat group, though? Yeah, how do we we imagine, Tyler? You need to weasel your way into that fucking group chat, man. I promise. I will stay quiet. I will stay quiet. I won't say a word. I won't say a word. I'll just read. I'll just put uh, like appropriate gifs every now and then, just to. Really confirm what they're doing. Uh, in the meantime, while we're working on getting into Frank Saravalli's group chat, I'm going to tell you about skipthedishes.ca because it is a Friday afternoon as we record this. It is beautiful. It is sunny in Edmonton. It'd be a nice little time to treat yourself. Maybe take a lick, uh, maybe take a dip in lake bag milk tonight. Order myself three, maybe four, maybe six roast beef and cheddars. Why? Because there's an Arby's in my hood that delivers. And I respect it. And I respect Skip the Dishes for giving me the option to get that. So thank you, Skip the Dishes. You will feed me at some point this weekend. And I will tip your driver. Thank you. All right. So uh, just back to Frank really quickly. Anything he says surprise anybody? I mean, I dislike what he says about Nooch. He still says he's going to be here, so that's yeah. fine. We'll ignore the first part of, the, of what he said about Nooch and uh, not produce it. So much of the intang- there's so, just so much intangibles that 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 come with Nuge that I think is what uh, 
with with why he's sticking around, which why which is why he brought up the fact that you know I think it was last night actually when Taylor or sorry when Connor was talking about uh, about Nug and he said you know started selling him on all these little things that you know he's kind of looking at the uh, at the management and going hey listen this guy stays here. Well, it's, it's not just Connor too. Like Leon has also been pumping Nuge's tires in post games lately. And just uh, just since we're talking about it, this is McDavid's quote from last night. Nuge does Nuge does just about everything out there. He kills penalties. He's a big part of the power play. He's great five on five player. Both those goals he has a huge impact on. If he's not there, they don't go in. Obviously, a great player and fun to play with. Connor McDavid doing his part to get a contract done. Sorry, Dan, I cut you off. That's okay. I was just going to say, like, and we were, I was going over our, our predictions from preseason uh, before we recorded this one. And, like, we were all on board with Nuge being a point-per-game player. And he's not that yet. Um, there's still time, obviously. But I think that that's all Frank was talking about, is that he just – he had the opportunity to, like, skyrocket when it comes yeah. to being a, an offensive player. But you can't ignore the fact that he does play the – you know, the, he's the five-tool player. And you can, you can move him around your lineup, and he's not out of place in any spot. Penalty kill, power play – killing or empty net goals, empty net, you know, offense. Like it's just, yeah, everything there. The thing with Nuge is though, like I, I would see when people say he's having a really tough season, I almost like, I have a hard time with it in a sense that 11 goals right now for Nugent Hopkins, that's a 27 goal pace. So over a full season, that is. So yeah, I mean, probably he could pick up some more assists here and there, but like in terms of actually putting the puck in the net, He's kind of right where he always is, right? So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Frank Saravalli says he thinks that Ryan Nugent Hopkins will be an Oiler next year. That is good enough for me. That is good enough for me. Interesting also that he said Tyson Berry would be an Oiler next year as well. Yeah. Be an interesting cap situation. I think, again, with another factor that loops into the Barry thing is Clefbaum's health, right? Like, if you yep. think you're getting Clefbaum back at full health by, like, mid-November – do you not just like fight through the first month of the season? And then I don't know, there's, there's a lot, a lot to consider and the expansion draft, the whole off season, it's going to be, it's going to be a wild off season. But with that being said, I almost feel like I'm cheating myself by looking ahead too far to the off season because this yeah. season is so much fucking fun right now. It is. It's there's too time. much it's- of that. There's too much of people getting worried about what's going to happen this summer. Nobody's actually sitting, well, very few people are actually sitting back and enjoying what we're going through right now. It's gorgeous outside. This is right now. Everyone's, Everyone should be like all tingly inside. This is we're built to know this is like playoff time, right? Yep. This is like the last two weeks of the season. Every other year, we should it's be honest. We should be going through our minds right now. Like this is exactly what we want. We want this type of hockey right now. We're still in, we're tied for first. What more does anybody want? And all we're doing is worried about what's coming up. Let's go. Let's sit back and enjoy. Talking about this because in the in the wrap up the other day, fine, I'm in here. I'm in. Here. Uh, the other day in the wrap-up, I said, I think that we're arguing too much about this kind of just nonsense right now. It's time to stop and smell the flowers a little bit, you know? This isn't one of those years where we're having a death march into the end of the year. I mean, all of us on this podcast have watched the Oilers be out by fucking Halloween. I remember specifically one year we were at the pint in the back room there. It was Halloween. The Oilers just got dummied, and we were just like, fuck me they're already six or eight points out of it or something like this is not that let's enjoy I, it a little bit people and it's not the we're I, not just putting these two wins together with a bunch of luck either like this is legit victories i tweeted this during the leafs game 
the second Leafs loss uh, during that three-game losing streak. Try to remember how mad you are with these two losses to a team when the Oilers have won four games in a row next week and these four periods are in a rearview mirror. Like, we definitely, we definitely, as a fan base, lose sight of the fact that, like, I don't know, like Rick said, this is a first-place team. And, and you know, it's it, – people People were predicting that the Toronto Maple Leafs were going to run away with this division and, and hide away by midseason and it was going to be all over. And it looked that way a little bit to start, but the Jets and the Oilers are right there with the Leafs, and the Leafs aren't showing me that they're an elite team right now, that's for sure. This, was on, this wasn't on my, uh, my to-do, but Dan, you, you, you've inspired me for a conversation because this came up in the B-Cast last night, and um, – if you don't know what the beatcast is, I go post game live on Instagram after the game every night. Um, but the question came in last night about who is going to miss the playoffs from this group that maybe is going to be a tough one. So right now we've got Edmonton and Toronto tied for first with 40 points. Toronto gets the tiebreaker because they played three less games. Okay, fine. Then you got Winnipeg at 38 points. Then you've got Montreal at 34. Vancouver's right behind them at 32 Calgary there at 31 obviously Ottawa's not really in contention so to me you've got three teams fighting for that one spot in Montreal Vancouver and Calgary obviously there's a long way to go left on this season so that could change but as of right now today March 8th or March 19th Tyler if you're looking at those three teams who's grabbing the fourth and final playoff spot there is still a long, long, long Long ways to go. Like 23 games. Way too early predictions. Way too early predictions today on March 19th. I'm going to go ahead and say the Habs hold on to it. Right now, they're fourth in points percentage. They are three points up on the Calgary Flames, and they have a game in hand on Calgary on top of that. They've sputtered a little bit, and I don't think they're as good as they were when you know people were calling them a juggernaut two weeks into the season. I actually predicted the Habs to miss the playoffs at the start of this season. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm going to go ahead and say the Habs get in, but it'll be barely, barely over the Calgary Flames. Like that one will come right down to the wire. Again, I know we're way too early. Like Tyler said, there's still more than 20 games left on the season for everybody. There's there's light years to go in terms of all these are four-point nights, but we're doing it anyway. Dan, you got three teams fighting for fourth. You got uh, Montreal, Vancouver, Calgary. Who takes it? I don't even think the Calgary Flames should be in this conversation. I, I think that the Flames <laughs> I think that the Flames played really well for Daryl Sutter for a little bit, but I don't think that I don't think that their effort level was sustainable by the team that I've seen before this. It's not like Daryl Sutter came in and and immediately was like that bag skate turned these players into amazing athletes. Like I, I just funny, I don't though. buy it. I, I just think it's a I think it's a good uh, a good storyline for them for a couple of weeks, but it'll be over after that. I think that the Vancouver Canucks end up in that fourth spot. What? I, I think that, yeah, I know. I, uh, but when I watch, when you watch that team, out of those three teams, the best goalie to me right now is Thatcher Demko. So, so for me, you know, I, I don't think Brayden Holtby's that bad of a goalie either. He's not as bad as he has been to start the year for them, for sure. So I, I just have the, I, I have the Canucks there. I like Dominique Ducharme. Big Mooseheads fan here, but uh, I just don't think that he's able to take that Habs team. I again, like I, that Habs team. I said it at the start of the year. They they don't face adversity well, and as soon as there was a little bit of a little bit of trouble in the water, it it went poopy for them. So uh, yeah, I think Vancouver Canucks are the are my fourth place team in the North Division. There are three teams, points, one spot. They're four points back of the Habs, or sorry, two points back of the Habs with four games more. Yep. That's a big so big hill it. to climb. Three points. 
Sorry, Dan. Montreal. Uh, and Montreal has Vancouver's number a bit too, right? Like to fully scored about 137 goals on them this year. Um, any type, any type of time that Vancouver is going to come back, they were going to beat Montreal. Um, they're probably not going to get it done. I agree with you though. The Calgary is definitely closer to Ottawa than they are anybody else. I honestly think they're broken from within. I think they're, they're broken from within. They have their best players. Uh, they can't, they 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 can they kind of like disappear when it when the chips are down. Monahan disappears. Goudreau, you don't even know if he's on the ice. Um, I think you can. There's something there with Matthew Kachuk, but I think at the same time, there seems to be something in the dressing where he's falling out of favor with some guys. Your bro- your dressing is broken, man. That team is broken. And then you're looking at two teams. It's Vancouver, and Montreal. And I said at the beginning, I didn't think Montreal was as good as uh as they started. And what everybody is uh, saying they were, but I do think they're better than Vancouver and just, you know, their defense will, will get them through, but uh, yeah, Montreal. And then it's going to be uh, Winnipeg above them. And then us in Toronto will battle at one and two. Uh, this is my prediction. Calgary is going to be in a position to win one of their final games to get into that last playoff spot. But unfortunately that game will be against the Edmonton Oilers and they will lose. Sorry, Calgary. Sucks to be you. What is the moral dilemma? And again, people might hate me for bringing up this hypothetical or like I'm <laughs> cursing the, the Oilers or something. But the Flames second last game of the year is against the Oilers. What if the situation is Edmonton is locked into that number two spot? They cannot go up. They cannot go down. You're the Oilers playing the Flames. You have a chance to end their season or you have a chance to give uh, maybe your superstars a little bit of rest. We're not going to have that conversation, but it's an interesting thought. Dry Seidel and McDavid all game, all day. Just take 45 them. minutes, like NBA <laughs> minutes. They don't come on the ice. <laughs> yeah, you just let them run up the score, and then they, you park them for the rest. You, of the you just, yeah, you put up that seven-goal first period, and you move on. Uh, our friends at Tourism Jasper want you to go check out the mountains this spring, and I encourage you to do it. It is a beautiful time of year to go to the mountains, and there's plenty of stuff to do, and – be socially distant while you're at it. Whether you're hiking, walking, biking, climbing, canyoning, there's plenty of tours and sightseeing. There's all kinds of things for you and your family to do safely in Jasper. If you're looking to get it done, jasper.travel. There's plenty of options, plenty of options, plenty of options. Go skiing. I had a, I had a friend go skiing a couple of weeks ago at Marmot and he said the snow was fantastic. So it would be a good time to get out to the mountains, do a little ski. Why not? All right, there's a couple more things that I wanted to get to quickly. Um, first of all, Dan, I just want your take real quick, two sentences or less. What do you think about Jujar Kara's fight uh, from earlier this week? Obviously, tough one. Nobody wants to see anybody get hurt in a fight like that, but uh, Hockey Fight's voice, what were you thinking? Jujar has not had the same pop since that Cal Clutterbuck fight. I guess I, I, against anybody but the Calgary Flames. So when he got caught by Brett Ritchie, I I understood, but I also didn't like that Ritchie kept punching him after he took a knee. It made him kind of made him kind of reengage in the fight. That's where I think the linesman should step in. The, they the linesmen just kind of pick and choose when they're going to step in. So I, I I don't know wasn't wasn't a huge fan of of the way that it went down. Uh, but I know that Jujar took that and I respect him for that. Jujar is the kind of player that after that hit, obviously no intention by Jujar to throw a high hit. It just that's the way it happened. But he's an yep. admirable player, so he was going to answer the bell when he was called upon. The problem that I had with that fight is exactly what Dan said. Jujar was down on a knee. 
And that was the time for the linesman to get in there. And then you could have had the point be made. Richie came in, stood up for his teammate. It would have been over, but they let him keep going. And that's where that last punch came in and tagged him on the cheek. That was a tough one to watch. I just wish the the linesman would have jumped in there. He gets back up on his feet and squared up pretty much again, does he not? Yeah, but he did. But he did. And as a fighter, he's going to want the opportunity to get up and keep going. This I has to come down to, like as as the third party um, viewer, and you're going to be hard pressed to find a bigger fan of Juju than myself. Uh, it's just an unfortunate thing that happens in a fight. It does. I completely agree with you that it was unfortunate. Yeah. But my problem <laughs> is that this is the mm-hmm. the, <laughs> the this is where the linesman. This is that's their fucking job, though. They have to make that call. They that's exactly it, Bagel. For 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 me, every doing fighter's, fighter's going to want to get up there. I every fighter's every gonna, single fight in the every league. Fighter's and gonna, every fighter is going to want the linesman to give him that time to get back up. Linesmen have right. stepped in this year because jerseys have been pulled up over players' faces. They've stepped in this year because one player stumbled and hit the glass. They've stepped in this year because because the players weren't punching fast enough. Like it's there's there's all these st- silly reasons that it happens. To me, the one is when a player gets done because you're right. A player wants to get back up, but just like in a UFC fight, when the referee steps in and says that's enough, that fighter wants to keep going, but it's over. But no, because in that situation, he would have got knocked down with a punch if he slipped. The refs let him get back up again. This was just a slip or you know a bit of a, a shake, shake, and he lost his balance. It wasn't like he went down because of the punch. There was no. I don't know. That it looked like he got. There was no I don't know. To me, it looked like on his knee. It sucks. It, like, it looked bad, but then he's punching him when he's down. That's the problem for me. Yeah, and I get to it. Me, you, you really don't of, want it, but it's that it happens, man. And it's going to happen the other way. Jujar fell, whether he slipped or whether he got hit or whatever. To me, that was the opportunity for the linesman to jump in and end. And if Richie stopped punching and just let Jujar get up, that's a different story altogether, too. But he's still punching him while he's down, and that's where it's like that's a problem for me. That's just not fighting. That's punching a guy while he's down. All right. This but are you going to be night. saying this? Are you, are you going to be saying the same thing if it, if it's Jujar on the top side? I've said it. I've said it about, uh, yeah, I said it about the uh, the Carson Susi fight. But probably yes, but it's not an Euler. But what I would have said is if if it was reversed and Jujar absolutely tarred Richie and he got KO'd like that, I probably would have said the same thing. It's against the code. That's where I'm going with it. It's against the code. You don't punch a guy when he's down. I just think that the linesman, that's their job. It's their job to make the call. And it really doesn't matter what the fighter wants. As much as it probably does matter in real life, it shouldn't. But anyway, I want to move in. Those two sentences are less turned into a lot longer than that. Uh, real <laughs> I forgot quick, what the two sentences part, sorry. <laughs> real quick, Dylan Holloway up for the Hobie Baker had a hell of a season in the NCAA. I just want to go around the horn real quick. Tyler, I'm starting with you. What do you make of the folks that want Dylan Holloway coming up to the Oilers? Have we not seen this movie before? No, they are 100% justified in wanting him up with the Edmonton Oilers. This guy's legit. I, I've changed my tune on him. Not completely. Um, anyone who follows my, my work knows I'm a big AJHL guy. I watched Holloway when he was with the Okotoks Oilers, and he ripped up the league in his draft minus one year. Like He's a talent. He can score. I wasn't sure if that would necessarily translate to the NHL level after watching his first season in, uh, in college, but he's getting some opportunity this year. He's taking a big step forward. This guy can fly. This guy has hands. This guy is not afraid to play, you know, in the more physical areas of the game. I think he can be a bigger, better scoring Kyler Yamamoto for this team. Would, you know, maybe he'll benefit from a year in, in the American hockey league, but 
I think there's a guy here who might be ready to step into the Oilers' top nine quick. Is that in the next month? I don't know, but I think there's a chance, and I wouldn't hate the Oilers for finding out. I'm going to disagree with you. I don't think there's any necessarily benefit to having a, what is he, 19-year-old step into an NHL lineup that is already performing very, very well. Chances are he won't play every night because of how the taxi squad works. Then we'll be burning, potentially burning a year of that ELC because he's riding with the big boys as opposed to getting some at-bats in. Let's not forget, he had a hell of a year in the NCAA. I will never take that away from him. Unbelievable. His NHLE is somewhere around 50, mid 50s in terms of yeah. points. That's impressive as all hell. However, I just don't think it's necessary right now. Might not be necessary, but man, it might spark you. Like, remember when Kale McCarr came up to the Avalanche right out of college? And Kale McCarr's yep. on another level. This guy's going to win a Norris right away. But Kale McCarr came up to the Avs for, for the playoffs and nothing but. He jumped right into playoff hockey and he was almost a point a game. And at that time, people were like, you're insane. Undersized defenseman, he's going to get crushed in the playoffs. And he stepped up and produced and sparked that team. I'm interested to see, like, especially if the Oilers don't go get a left winger at the deadline. I don't know, man. I'm just saying you can do it for a few games and yeah, it would burn a year of the ELC. So that isn't ideal. And ultimately, if you know, had the gun to my head and said, you need to make a call, I would probably keep him out, but I don't blame the people for being real curious about how that would work this year. Oh, I'd be curious, but I just feel like this is one of those movies where we've seen it before. Uh, Rick, Dan thoughts on Holloway. Normally I'd be on, I'd be there. Normally I'd be there. Cause I do agree that, you know, I don't think it'd be that, that harmful to him. What I would like to see instead, though, is to go down to uh, Bakersfield to finish off the season there. And I would actually like to see uh, someone like Benson come up and see if he can't do something in on, on that left side. Uh, I think that he's got he's always had the skill uh, to kind of hang with those guys. He's spent this year, so I, I think it was the Gregor show they are talking to Woodcroft, and he's actually in order to, to get a, a spot in the NHL, he knows he needs to get on um, on special teams. He also knows it's damn near impossible to get on the power play here. So he's actually down there working on perfecting his PK. So I wouldn't mind having a guy like that up here and see, you know what, if, if Cahoon does get injured or, you know, or starts to slip and you're, and you're starting to fish around for a guy to play that left side on one of the top two spots, I would consider trying to put him in there, especially if he can kill a penalty. So I think I would put Holloway... And then move uh, move Benson up, especially for the playoffs. You're going to want to have a bit of a uh, protected, you know, you're 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 going to have those guys up here normally, but they'll still be playing in the AHL, so you're going to lose that. You'll have the taxi squad, which will be normally your black aces around the playoff time, but maybe those aren't the guys you really want to put in the lineup. Maybe there's a guy from the AHL you'd rather have there in terms of playoffs when not worried about the regular season. And I think that's kind of where a guy like Benson fits. So I would bring uh, Benson up and uh, and then let uh, Holloway do some do whatever he can do in the, in the AHL the rest of the year. Before we move to hot and cold performers, Dan, last word on Holloway. Yeah, I'm. I yeah, I'm kind of indifferent. It's it's one of those things. If you bring him in, it could be an addition without subtraction, um, but it also could just be a you know a tough thing for a kid and and it's not not his stick just yet. And so then he then he loses some confidence there. So yeah, I, I don't mind. I don't mind. You can bring him in just to like hang out with the team after he's all done in the in in college. You can just let him come up and hang out with the team and practice with the team and live with the guys and and learn the NHL that way. He doesn't actually have to get into the lineup, but to have him in town for a playoff run and all that, there's all sorts of good things to learn of that. Even if you're not even going to make the lineup. And I think there's just one more. I agree with that, by the way. Uh, there's also the fact that this is. I mean, this is Ken Holland's team, and historically, that is not the kind of move 
bringing a player into the NHL that quickly is not necessarily a Ken Holland type thing, but we shall see. If you have thoughts on Dylan Holloway, you're listening to this, hit us up, ON Radio Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Mr. Yeremchuk, we're running late. Please get your buttons ready. It is okay. time for the Deuce Vodka Hot and Cold Performers of the Week. We want to thank Brett Kissel and Deuce Vodka for making this possible. They are delicious. I mean, that, I mean, I don't know that for sure. Deuce Vodka is delicious. I have had that. Go to deucevodka.com. Liquor Connect is there. They've got a store locator wherever you can find it. It's delicious. Make yourself a cocktail. Drink responsibly. As we do every week, we start with our veggies and the hot and cold performers. So I'm going to start this off. My Deuce Vodka cold performer of the week is every single one of us at Oilers Nation that worked on Rick's birthday shirt and still misspelled his name. <laughs> anyway. uh, if you had any idea how many sets of eyeballs looked at that shirt, and still misspelled the last name on it, you would laugh. We were all just like, you got to be kidding me. The fact is, on the design, Rick's last name was spelled probably three or four different times before we finally settled on one that was still incorrect. My sister sister looked at the picture and said, hey, at least they got the last name right. And even I had to tell (laughs) her that they missed it. And she's like, oh, yeah, okay, I'm getting kind of old. And you're like, I haven't used it in 20 years. But yeah, even she thought it was spelled properly. So I'll give you guys the break there. Uh, so my Deuce Vodka Cole Performer of the Week is everybody at the nation that worked on Rick's birthday tea. They've done studies, you know, 60% of the time, it works every time. That doesn't make sense. 60% of the time, you spell Rick's name wrong all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's a thousand percent accurate. Rick, I apologize. Happy birthday, buddy. Uh, Dan, you're next up. Deuce Vodka Cole Performer of the Week. Uh, my Cole Performer of the Week is going to go out to the uh, Buffalo Sabres, who are just Why? an absolute <laughs> dog, dog poop <laughs> team. I, it's one of those things, too, for me, you know, I think Oilers fans in general, we, uh, we, watch, we watched a guy like Ralph Kruger get a job back in the NHL and got really hopeful for him. You know, I think most of us around this table enjoyed his time here in Edmonton and thought <laughs> he had a better chance if he hadn't got fired on Zoom or Skype. Um, but yeah, for the Buffalo Sabres to have fired Brian Rolston, Ted Nolan, Ken Bosma, Phil Housley, and now Ralph Kruger, and still haven't been able to figure out that it may not just be the coach's fault, you're my cold performer of the week. Are you thrilled? I'm not. Uh, Tyler, you're on next up. Deuce Vodka, cold performer of the week. My cold performer of the week. I think we've even this this whole process has gotten cold performer before, but it is the NHL's goaltending waiver carousel. Anton Forsberg's cross country <laughs> tour no continues. Unbelievable. Been, if you missed it, Forsberg's year signed by Edmonton, expected to be their third goalie. They try to send him to the taxi squad. Carolina says, nope, we'll take him. They claim him off waivers. He doesn't even leave Edmonton because two days later, Carolina puts him back on waivers. Winnipeg claims him, so he goes, okay, I can make that drive. He goes to Winnipeg. He stays in Winnipeg for a bit, and then they put him on waivers, and now he's in Ottawa, but not only is he in Ottawa, Ottawa now has three goalies hurt, and Anton Forsberg might be playing. I don't even care, though. He's been thrown around. He's been through too much. This whole waiver goalie carousel thing, it is absolutely nonsense, and it never should have happened to NHL. Boy, that escalated quickly. <laughs> I'm liking the All new buttons that you got here. I like this. Uh, Rick, wrap us up. Duzvog, cold performer of the week. Well, I think everyone saw it on Twitter yesterday and social media everywhere, but the NCAA, 
Um, someone put out a, a, a video of, of, you know, they're in the bubble for the March Madness and whatnot. And the men's side of things with their training facility and their gym and the workout center and everything looks pretty top of the line and, and you know, perfect at what you expect for a multi-billion dollar corporation. Then you turn around, you look at the female side of things and it's, it's laughable. Like it's absolutely, it's, it's atrocious. It's horrible. It's embarrassing. It's everybody involved in this should lose their jobs immediately. There should be no questions asked in it. Like, I, I know they're a corrupt organization. Okay. Like mm-hmm. no one's trying to, to make them sound. Allegedly like good, in like, your opinion. Allegedly holy, in Rick's like, opinion. My Allegedly in Rick's like, opinion. It's so bad. Like they, 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 they rob from people like, Rob them <laughs> allegedly, 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 and then all of a sudden they go around they and they and they show this blatant um, difference in male to female um, athletes from the gyms to the workout to the to the catering to the swag bags. Like I promise you, the the old men calling the games are eating better than the ladies playing. It's absolutely embarrassing. Every single one of them in, in, that had anything to do with this should lose their jobs. It's fucking brutal. Why are you the way that you are? I hate so much about the things that you choose to be. Man, uh, the fact that they came out, yeah, that was good. The, the they came out and, either. and explained that they didn't have space for the gym equipment. That was such BS. Like, what? The, girl, Unbelievable. The, 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 the girl who who showed everything is like, okay, yeah. look, it's right here, it's right here. And then look, all of this is just like a half a gymnasium, open space. And then like, it's just fucking flat out lies. yoga mats. Like, that's all they do. Yoga mats. It's crazy. Fucking irate, and there's not one person of any type of status who can call them out that will call them out. Like if you're like they should, nobody should be fucking playing. They should just turn around and walk away. Every fucking player should turn around and walk away. Although I would never actually uh, expect them to do so. I could never. I couldn't make a free throw to save my fucking life, and it makes no sense that I have a better gym in my house than what the ladies are getting at the NCAA tournament. That's fair point. I have a rowing machine. It's ridiculous. They didn't. It's ridiculous. All right. We're flipping the ledger. We're going to the Deuce Vodka Hot Performers of the Week. This week, I'm or this time around, I'm going to start with Tyler. Tyler, your Deuce Vodka Hot Performer of the Week. I'm going to give mine to a player that uh, struggled at one point in the last week, but has bounced back nicely, and that's Ethan Bear. I, uh, yep. I, I was one of the people who hopped on Twitter and said that that turnover he made in the Flames game can't happen, and I acknowledge that he's been struggling so far this year. But since that bad pinch, Ethan Bear has played two of, I believe, his best games of the season. So I want to give Ethan Bear some credit here for turning things around the way he did after a rough game against the Flames on Monday. He followed it up with two really, really good performances in back-to-back games. So, Ethan Bear, I'm proud of you, and you get my hot performer of the week. Put some respect on my name. I was listening to the boys on State of the Nation that goes live Tuesday afternoon, and it was an interesting debate. Uh, where you guys were talking about stats versus eyeballs. Because if you looked at the stats from that game against Calgary, Ethan Baird, the, the fancies really, really favored him. However, if you watched it, there was just some errors that were um, that he Agreed. doesn't normally make that were costly. Yeah. And I think that was an interesting conversation you guys had about why you need to probably have a mix of both of those um, forms of analysis. It was a, that, again, stay of the nation Tuesday afternoons, the boys go live all over the place. Dan, you're next up on my screen. Your deuce vodka hot performer of the week. 
Well, uh, we gave a little bit of a cold performer to our nation group group chat or nation gear group chat. And <laughs> I'm going to give a hot performer to our nation gear group chat. We just dropped it, the teaser on Oilers Nation's Instagram and Twitter. Uh, this oily boy design might be one of my favorite shirts that we put it's out fun. ever. I, I, I think it's just, we're having a ton of fun this season and kind of coming back to a conversation earlier there where we were talking about enjoying it. The oily boys are going deep. They're going far, and I'd hope Tyler got the button. Let's see. Did he do it? What the? Oh. Dim oily boys. Wheels up. <laughs> Ski skirt. We're having fun. The oily boys t-shirt, my hot performer of the week. Oily boys t-shirt should be up on nationgear.ca very, very soon, my friends. We have got a couple of flavors coming out, but it's going to be staggered. So watch nationgear.ca. Oily boys t-shirts are fantastic rick your deuce vodka hot performer of the week there's a lot of people involved in this one apparently uh so we'll give it to everybody uh that, that, that had something to do with that t-shirt uh then we got the sharps the stepankos and the and and the kramers who all pitched them together and got me the uh the third jersey a nice 13 pooley rv unbelievable um yeah no i Dude, I uh, blew me away. I had no idea anything like, like that was coming. Uh, I had no idea those sh- those shirts were were coming out. So everybody that was a part of uh, a part of Wednesday and everything I had to do with Wednesday, uh, that's gonna be, I had to get it to them. So uh, thank you very much to absolutely everybody involved. And if you could give uh, us that spelling again, Rick, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> no problem. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, at least three or four variations of the last name went on that T-shirt at some point. And uh, shout out to all of us for not knowing how to spell Jack Shane. Uh, real quick, how was how was the birthday on St. Patrick's Day? It's always an interesting day for Rick's birthday because it is St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, you know, it's fun, man. At the the four hour early cutoff, I think saves me in in the long run. Um, but I think the body also kind of understands what day it is, so it's uh, it's got a bit of a defense mechanism set up, so I can put back a couple extra drinks in that day. Uh, yeah, we don't need to talk about how many it was, but uh, we got a win out of it, so that's all that really matters. That's excellent. Again, happy birthday to Rick. Uh, wrap things up. My Deuce Vodka Hot Performer of the Week. There are two in my life. The first one, Tyler, have you downloaded Beeb's new album yet? It is straight gas. No, I'm excited. That's on the weekend playlist, though. Just Rick, did you buy it on iTunes? Yeah, track by track, 99 cents uh, each. I'll, I'll find it. I'll send you a link or something. <laughs> Rick's going to jump on LimeWire and download that baby as soon as the podcast ends. Uh, Justin Bieber, new album, straight fucking gas. But my second one, and this was completely unexpected. I was having a good day already today. Oilers won last night. They won both games in the back-to-back set. That makes me happy. Beeb's new album, already talked about it. But then, my old man. My old man rolled up to my house and I didn't know he was showing up. What did he do? He dropped me off a bag full of Mundare sausage. I was like, dad, when did you go to Mundare? He's like, I don't know. I'm bored. I'm retired. I got not, I don't got shit to do. I respect this. I respect it. And then I was happy enough with my sausage. I'm going to air fry the shit out of it and I'm going to enjoy it. Then 10 minutes later, 15 minutes later, he shows back up at my house with probably one of the most adorable little fresh loaves of bread that I've ever seen. And I cannot wait to turn that whole thing into garlic bread. Thank you. My dad and Justin Bieber are the Deuce Vodka Hot Performers of the Week. Yeah! Okay, I might be... I might be... Justin Bieber. Fuck, I hope so. 
I might be alone on this bag of milk, but here's a suggestion for you. This is Please. what I tend to do. Um, I'll take, you know, the ring's a big semicircle. Yep. I'll cut, you know, maybe a, a little more than a third of it. Yep. And I'll sit down and eat like a banana. Absolutely. I also I didn't know. I'm not the only one, you know. <laughs> How can you I not? I was the only one doing that. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, it's a good one third, and I'll just sit like a banana, man. Watch TV. I also do that, and I, I'm so glad this came out. You have no idea, because last time <laughs> I did it, I finished up my meat banana and I just sat there with a sense of shame. Like I just fucking oh. ate like a half a ring of garlic sausage. Nobody does this, but as it turns out, my boys are here. For me. I'm oh, a sick boy. And this is probably why, but like one of my youngest memories is me sitting <laughs> in a Costco parking lot when my dad left me in the middle of summer inside a car with deer meat sausage. And I mm. crushed an entire thing of it. Just like an entire <laughs> banana meat banana and oh, yeah. crushed that whole thing sitting in the car. I love it. I love it. Turns out, big garlic sausage family here on Oilers Nation Radio. Tyler, as a yep. uh, Ukrainian on the on the podcast, I imagine your life is just full of, of wonderful sausages. Kubasa. Yes, Kubasa please. I'll right. take some. Yeah. I will take it all. Thank you very Trophy. much to everybody for listening to Oilers Nation Radio today. A very fun one. Thank you to Sherwood Ford, Skip the Dishes, Tourism Jasper, Deuce Vodka, and Cornerstone Insurance. Thank you to Frank Saravalli for giving us a little bit of his time and taking us behind the scenes on what it's like to be an insider as we approach the NHL trade deadline. Again, I'm looking for more reviews. If you listen to the podcast, if you like it, you hate it, let us know. I will read them. I promise there are some new ones that I didn't get to today. We'll get to those next week. No problem from all of us here. This is Oilers Nation Radio, episode 129. Wrap it up. Have a great weekend, everybody. Shout out, Damien. Best wishes. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media to stay up to date and never miss a podcast. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.